coffee and your Bible. day of January. Goodbye January. Hello February. This is Daybreak Live with the Nesbits and myself and Charles. All right. Good morning. It is Tuesday, January the 31st. So in answer to a question that was asked me before we start another book, uh, Brother Larry Neal asked uh, me to share my thoughts on sanctification. So I thought we would do that this morning. Trying to think of a song to sing. This is a good sanctification song. Purify my heart Let me be as gold Precious silver Purify my heart Let me be as gold
We were making it up kind of as we were going. <laughs> Y'all have anything you'd like to say on this Tuesday, this last day of January? This final day of January? Josh says, I'm getting married. Guess what? I'm getting married. All right. Praise Jesus. Can't praise the Lord Jesus. Good morning. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Leonard. Larry. Uh, Donna Mae. Kathy. Peggy. Uh, all of you. So here. God bless you. Good morning. Uh, so we're going to jump in. If you've got your Bibles, turn over to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Sanctification. My thoughts on sanctification. Um, sanctification, the definition of the word, of course, means to set something apart, right? To set apart for special use. To set apart for special purpose. Uh, to make holy or sacred. When you're talking about sanctification, best I can tell, it's most of the time it's when you think about vessels, uh, some, a vessel being clean, a vessel being set apart, a vessel being sanctified. It means it was set aside for God's use. Now, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 and let's read a few verses here. Let's go ahead and start with um, verse... Let's start with verse 10. By that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, set down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. Verse 14, For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. This is kind of interesting. Uh, and I'll give you my reading of sanctification, how I look at it. But if you know, if we notice in verse 10, we speak of sanctification. In verse 10, it says that we have been, past tense, sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And then in verse 14, it says, by one offering, he has perfected forever. But then it adds this phrase, those who are being sanctified. So I kind of, Really, I agree with the theologians on this. I mean, uh, there are three different ways of looking at sanctification biblically, in my opinion. And that is, there's positional, what we would say, positional sanctification, progressive sanctification, and then the completion or glorification. And what does that mean? And why, why, do, why are words used like that? Because different scriptures imply things so we have to have ways of understanding. It's like the word being saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Well, here's, here's three actual truths from scriptures. I am saved. I am being saved. And I will be saved. These are all actually biblical as well. 
I am saved. God has saved me. I've been born again. I am bought with a price. I'm saved. Throughout my life, I am being saved as God works with me and walks with me daily, changing me. And one day, I will get a new body. And that's when our salvation, when we're with Jesus forever and ever, our salvation is complete at that point. And in the same way, I think of sanctification. And so let's talk about the positional sanctification first. Here, uh, we wrote, I wrote down here 1010. We have been sanctified through the offering of the blood of Jesus. This is a past tense thing. I have been set apart. I have been sanctified by the Holy Spirit. When one truly comes to God, when they really honestly come to God and God sends the Holy Spirit, we are sanctified. We are set apart by the Holy Spirit. It is positionally I stand before the Lord as set apart for him. And this is, uh, I think this is what 1 Corinthians 1, 3, when it talks about Jesus, it says, Jesus has become for us our wisdom, our justification, our sanctification, our redemption. Jesus has made all of these things. So Jesus is my sanctification. It's his, his blood that has sanctified me and set me apart and made me holy. That being said, and that being true, and I totally agree with that, most of the time, when we read words or when we talk about sanctification, the majority of the time in the scriptures that it's talking about sanctification, it's talking about a progressive or ongoing salvation. As we find in verse 14 here, it says, by one offering, he is perfected forever, already done, those who are being in the process of being sanctified. That is to say that as I live my life, as I live for the Lord, there's a process I am going through. Paul talks about it in Corinthians like this. As we behold him, we are changed from one form of glory to another form of glory. God changes us. We're not the same as we were. We are different than who we used to be, and we continually, we continue to be changed. Let's look at another scripture for that. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. 1 Thessalonians, I'll give you a moment to get there. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 says this, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Sexual immorality means uh, uh, any sexual sin. In other words, okay, I'll I give you for instance, someone is in revival and they get saved. And they're saved, they're born again, and now Jesus comes and lives inside of them. I'm giving you an example because this happens quite often. But in the day that we live, uh, maybe, they're, maybe they're living with someone. And they're not married, but they're living with them. 
and they come and God saves them and they're set apart. The Holy Spirit comes in them and then God starts living with them and walking with them. And as they are walking for the Lord, uh, in God's timing, it's revealed to them, wait a minute, wait a, wait a minute, I'm saved now. I shouldn't be living with this person without being married, right? We need to get married. Hey, so-and-so, we need to get married, right? <laughs> and this happens often, especially in our culture, because in our culture today, people live together all the time. Nothing's thought about it at all. And so when someone, it's it's very common today for somebody to get, uh, we, we say get saved, come to faith, be born again, you know, regenerated in the spirit, and then realize later, okay, this means I need to fix this thing in my life. Or, you know, the girl that gets saved says, okay, I need to stop sleeping with my boyfriend, right? Or the young man that gets saved says, okay, I'm not going to sleep with my girlfriend anymore, you know? What happens is sanctification, that's the possessing of the body so that we should abstain from sexual immorality. Verse 4. Any, any, that, just a quick comment. Any, like you said, anything... Any sexual sin, which would be pornography, any sexual act outside of marriage covenant, right, right, right. including pornography, including, uh, you know, second base, third base. You ain't got to go all the way to commit sexual sin. I mean, <laughs> you can keep keep that vessel clean. Hey, uh, amen. And that's the point that each one of you, he says, this is the will of God, your sanctification. What is he talking about? Your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. This is God's will for us, that we abstain from sexual immorality, that we should know that each one of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. So when I'm born again and when I'm saved, I am set apart. I'm set aside as holy. However, I still live in this body. Now, there are some things that as soon as I'm saved, God sets us free from. But the reality is, okay, so total sanctification would be to be to be blameless, holy in thought, word, and deed. Thought, word, and deed. Then my thought life gets cleaned up. So just going along with what Jesus says. Jesus says, if a man looks at a woman and lusts after her, he's committed adultery with her already. Why would he say that? Well, I think Jesus is telling the truth. And so that, that tells us that here this is the will of God, and for God helps us to understand that my thought life is important to God. My words and what I speak is important to God. Okay? My actions is important to God. And so this, this uh, sanctification means I learn how to possess my vessel, and this is an ongoing thing as God works with me in the Holy Spirit. Here's how I like to say, we're on a journey with the Lord, and he's cleaning us, cleaning us up little by little. Some things he takes away and cleans us up, boom, just like that. Okay, is that an amen? Some things he just takes out. Other things, he says, I want you to bring this under control by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we cannot plead ignorance with God, or we can say, I just can't, Lord, because if we have the Holy Spirit, we have the ability 
the reality is, is we must submit to the Holy Spirit. We must submit to God. Holy in third, uh, in word, thought, word, and deed. So this is a thing that we go through throughout our life where we learn to set aside things. Things come out of our mouth. The Holy Spirit says, hey, you need to quit talking like that. You need to stop talking like that. But God's will for us is our sanctification. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus said in John chapter 17 when he's praying for us. John chapter 17 when he's praying for us. I'm going to start with verse 16. And here's Jesus. Well, now let's see. I'm going to start with verse 14. So I'm in the gospel of John chapter 17 verse 14. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Lord, Father, sanctify my disciples by your truth. Your word is truth. So I'm sanctified by the word of God. I'm cleaned up by the word of God. This is one of the reasons that I always encourage people to read the Bible for themselves. Get in the Bible. Read the Bible for yourself. You want strength. You want power. Read the word of God. Continue to read the word of God. It will change your life especially, okay, it'll change your life. It'll lead you th that you need the Lord. But once you receive the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit is within you, and you're bought with him, and you're quickened by the Spirit, and then you word read the Word of God, this Word of God will wash you and clean you. As you have sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified with the truth. And so remember, the word sanctified means to be set apart. And Jesus is praying to the Father for his disciples that he's going to leave. And he's saying, Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Now, I sanctify myself so that they will be sanctified. And so he is our sanctification, and that is truth. And when I come to the Lord and I receive the Holy Spirit, I have a positional sanctification before the Lord. I am born again, and I am saved by the grace of God. But I still live in a body that is connected to this world and is going to die. I still live in this body that now, as a born-again child of God, I am supposed to learn how to possess my body and bring it under control by the Holy Spirit. Is that making sense? Yep. <clears throat> and so I do this by, this is, uh, this is what is meant throughout when it says take up the cross. What, what do you mean take up the cross? Taking up the cross means die to yourself. Now we live in a time in, in the age 2023, at least in the American church, if statistics are correct. If statistics are correct, and I'm not saying they're absolutely correct, but if statistics are correct, those who claim to be the children of God, the church of the living God, saints of God, are not very sanctified today. 
if statistics are correct, the church is about as worldly as you can imagine. We really need a Holy Ghost revival. Amen. And we really need God to sweep through our churches and have us get concerned about sanctification today. Because, uh, guys, whether, whether we want to hear it, whether people want to hear it or not, if we're really, if we're children of God, it is important what we put before our eyes. Uh, children of God need to quit watching some of the things they watch. This is one of the reasons it's so hard for them to be sanctified and to think right. Or shall I say us? We need to be careful. We should always and all be careful what we put before our eyes because I, the eyes are the windows to the soul. Okay? And it's easy for the world to rub off on us. And I think maybe uh, that's... If, if there's one thing we're needing today, we're needing what I would call a Holy Ghost revival in sanctification that God would get a hold of us, us, and that our vessels would get clean. Look, you go get a drink of water or you're going to eat your food at dinner. You go to a restaurant and they pick up a nasty plate that's disgusting and then they put your food on that plate and bring it to you. What are you going to do? You're going to go, hey, I don't want to eat this. God wants to have clean vessels. He wants us to clean up our vessels. And we clean up our vessels by sanctifying these vessels by the truth. And his word is truth. And so we have a positional sanctification. I have been sanctified, but... I am being sanctified also as I live this life and as I progressively set aside things in my life. And this is the main theme that I see of sanctification is God sanctify me by your truth. God, I'm asking you, I'm praying to you, help me, help me, Lord, to sanctify this body. Help me to think right thoughts. Help me to speak right things. Help me to do right things. And then we have what we call our complete sanctification, which mostly we believe is going to happen when we leave this world and we get our new body, you know. And then we, we definitely, our complete sanctification, 1 John 3, 2 says, when we shall see, when he shall appear, excuse me, we shall be like him. When the Lord returns, the scripture says, and then we're going to be like him. Because we're going to see him like he is. And that's when our sanctification is going to be complete. Going to be complete. And one more scripture I want us to look at. And this is in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. The calling on our life is to be sanctified. And I cannot... So we say, well, can we be totally sanctified in this life? Well, in the sense of positionally, absolutely. In the sense of we're mature, what we call a mature saint of God, yes. But the Apostle John says this. Uh, anyone who says he doesn't sin is a liar. Isn't that what John says, brother? Yeah. The truth is not in him. Yeah. Okay, But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so there is a reality, though the Bible seems to speak to us that we need to come to this place of sanctification. 
However, pragmatically, as I've lived in this world and I've lived with people, it seems like there's seasons. There's been there's seasons when people uh, maybe live a little more sanctified than they do other times. Okay, but when we talk about from the time of salvation to the time they die, that they never ever make a mistake again. I I don't I don't think that actually happens. I think thought, word, and deed somewhere, we are always in need of the Holy Spirit to help us, to cleanse us, and to continually sanctify us. But this is the prayer, okay? And I put this down. I wanted you to look at this before we leave today. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, uh, well, let's start with verse 16 here. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Here's what Paul says for us. Rejoice always. We need to be a, a thankful people, not a grumbling people. Can I get an amen? Mm -hmm. We grumble too much. Okay, maybe you don't, <laughs> but I'm going to say you do. I'm yeah. going to say we all do. We grumble too much. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. There's times for, we, we say different prayers, but you know our hearts should always be in communion with the Lord. In everything, give thanks. Now, notice it doesn't say for everything, but in everything, give thanks. Even in the worst of times, there's reasons to thank God. For this is the will of God in Christ for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Oh, God, let us hear you. Let us hear you, Lord. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. If you see it, if it's evil, don't join with it. Don't jump in the gossip. Don't join up with this stuff, okay? Let it go. You work in a factory, there's gossip everywhere. You don't get involved. You're a child of God. You be different. Verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. That's what we're looking for. Oh God, let's, let's pray. Sanctify me completely, Lord. What's that mean? May my whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who, he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. God, help us. And we're going to close today praying for our sanctification. Okay, let's pray. Father, I pray for everyone listening today and myself that you would sanctify us completely, Lord, that we would possess these bodies in honor as much as lies within us, Father, that we would bring these bodies under subjection to you, that we would not allow ourselves to get entangled in the evil and the webs of evil that surround us but that we would restrain from evil, that we would flee from evil, that we would hold our tongue when we're about to say that thing we don't need to say. Father, when our thoughts start moving to things they shouldn't think on, help us, Lord. Remind us, Holy Spirit, and let us begin to think on things that are lovely, things that are true, things that are right. Let us be consumed with your kingdom with the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, with the commission of the gospel of our Lord. And Father, 
May you, the Son, and the Holy Spirit preserve us blameless. God, that's what all of us pray for, and we know that all of us have areas that we need you to help us with. We're asking you this morning as we talk about sanctification, which you're commanding us, we're asking you to help us with it. Now, in Jesus' holy, precious name, amen, amen. Well, I hope I didn't confuse you. I hope this was not more confusing than it was. <laughs> I hope it was a blessing to you. And uh, as we close here today, let us uh, say the Lord's Prayer. Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Saints of God, I love you. You are called to be saints, and that's why I call you saints. Now live like it. And may that, I'm saying that to me too. Let's live like it. Let's live like saints in all of our business. Lord willing, we'll see you in the morning. I'm still praying about what book to start. So y'all pray for me today, and I'm going to pray today. And whatever the Lord, whatever I'm feeling this evening is what I'm going to go with. I love you. <laughs>